You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. Joshua's going to lead the way. Hurry, Joshua, run on down there and get in front. I can't preach after that. I just might as well quit. If you can't worship after that, you might as well quit. It's over with. Man, I saw the light. When did you see the light? Huh? Do you remember when? Folks, we're going to talk about a very important thing today, but it's only for those who've been washed in the blood. This is your message today. So if you've been washed in the blood, I need to know it. Who, who's been washed in the blood? Huh? Are you? All right. Some of you lost your voice, you know. <laughs> Me and Mark back there, I'm trying to clap with a beat, which I can't follow the beat. He's clapping with a beat, and we're wondering where everybody else is at. I said, there's too much Baptist in them. Shake it loose, folks. Baptists can clap. Baptists can say amen. Baptists can get excited. There's nothing in the Baptist basic message that you can't worship the Lord and get excited about your God. So, okay? If you want me to preach and get excited, let me see that you're excited because there's no one like you in the world. No one like you in the world. You've been set apart through the blood of the Lamb. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Caleb, give me my first scriptures over there in 1 John. And we're going to focus right off on verse 20. And there's one word in there. I want you to read that. And I want you to find out and figure out what word is in there that I've got underlined in my Bible that's special that we're going to talk about. And it begins with a letter A, okay? Anointing, you write. Anointing. What does he say right there? We were there last week. He said, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know, you all know. I hope you know that you've been anointed by God, because what does the word anointing mean? Uh-huh. Separated, set apart, made holy through an action. Anointing came from when they would anoint a king, and they would bring him and before the people and the prophets would anoint him with oil to set him apart. So the world would know that this is the God, the king that God has chosen. Now anybody could assume the throne, and many did at various times, when the king would be killed or whatever, some of his descendants would try to take over the throne, and many times that uh, God would send a prophet and say, no, this is my anointed one. And it would set them apart and would begin conflict there. Well, what John is writing about, that when you got saved, the day you began to be saved and accepted Jesus Christ in your life, folks, you were set apart from a world of lostness. You've been anointed, not by oil, but by what? The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That life-giving flow. You've been anointed. That's what we're going to focus on today. Do not forget this word, anointed. Going down to verse 25, and let's look what he said there. We've got a lot of Scripture we're going to look at today. 
This is the promise which he himself made to us eternal. In other words, an eternal promise. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. A warning here that what's been given, your anointing and the, the promise of your salvation is eternal, but people are out to try to deceive you and take that away. And that's why you're afraid to clap, folks. That's why you're afraid to get excited. Because somewhere along the line, somebody said, you don't show respect to God by doing that. And I'm here to tell you, that's wrong. God's a living God, and He wants some living people to serve Him and worship Him. It's all right to be excited about that. It's all right to get... Man, those songs there today, whoo! They get you. They get a fire lit under you. But there's always somebody trying to deceive you and pull you down or to hush you up to keep you from being what you are. The anointed of God, which means you are outstanding over everyone else. Verse 20 says, And as for you, the anointing which you receive from Him abides in you. In other words, this is not your choosing, but it's God's choosing to anoint you to set you apart. You had nothing to do with it. No man lifted you up. No individual, your parents or grandparents didn't lift you up. God Himself looked down on you and said, I want you, will you receive me? And the day you received Him, you got anointed because He came on to you and gave you His Holy Spirit, which is now in you each and every day. I told you, man, a good song there. Woo. I get chill bumps thinking about that. My God looked down and saw a sinner lost, wandering, and, and prone to depravity and everything else. And He said, Dwayne, I want you. I've paid the price for you. Now will you receive me? Man, I just couldn't do anything but say yes. As I cried out to him, I said, yes. Whatever you want, I want it. I want to be whatever you desire for me. I've been anointed by God just like you've been anointed by God. And you receive from Him, it abides in you. And, and you have no need for anyone to teach you but as His anointing teaches you about all things is true and it is not a lie. The anointing that you have from God gives you direct access to the Spirit of God which then begins to teach you. And I'm here to try to help you along, but the real teaching that you will receive, folks, is when you get into this Word and you read it and you study it and you pray and you seek wisdom and then you abide in that Word and every day you obey Him as He's leading you. That's where your learning takes place. It's on-the-job training. All I'm here to do is give you a brick here and there just to help you along. But I want you to know that that, that that anointing that's on you when you got saved that day is what's going to begin to teach you and allow you to understand what the Spirit has for you. Now little children, abide in Him so that uh, when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away uh, from Him in the shame at His coming. In other words, those who have been disobedient when He comes, are going to hide in shame. Let's take a little child. There's lots of good examples here, but you have some 
cake out there, some chocolate cake. You walk into the kitchen. We'll pick on Eva since she's always up front. You walk in there and oh, Eva's got chocolate all over her face, you know, right there. You look at her and said, Eva, did you eat some of my chocolate cake? Mmm. That's a typical any two or three of them. Mmm. What is that chocolate doing on you? Mmm. I don't know. It's the dog's fault. You know, they begin to want to hide and do things. They don't want to be, they're, they're ashamed because they know they did something wrong. Folks, when Jesus Christ coming, there's going to be a lot of Christians hiding because they just got caught being lazy, being unfaithful, being and doing something they shouldn't have been doing instead of being out in the midst of the battles because we've been called. He said, don't let yourself be found in that and that shame that comes upon you when that happens, because you're anointed and God knows where you're at. We're going to get into some good stuff here in a minute. said, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of Him. In other words, you're identified. All right, we're going to back up and jump way over to Psalms 2, because there's some things over here about anointing that I want you to do. It says, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointing, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. And he who sits on in heaven laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them, and He will speak to them in His anger and terrify them in His fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my King. He's talking about Jesus and how people would ridicule Him, try to take away from Him, try to destroy Him, but God Himself is laughing at them. Yet I've put my anointed in His place. I've put my anointed where He needs to be. And He will fulfill that practice. And this is what I want you to know. Right here. When Jesus walked on this earth, people tried to kill Him every day. But they were withheld from doing that because it wasn't the time for Him to die. Because He was God's anointed, He was coming under the protection of God until the day came when God wanted Him to die. Because it was a specific time for that to happen. And it would have been the Passover when everything else would be fulfilled and prophecy would be fulfilled. And all those things, only then would He be allowed to be sacrificed the way God had intended for him to do that. It didn't matter how many people wanted to kill him. They said they'd be wanting to stone him, and he'd just turn around and walk right back through the middle of them. And they, could, they didn't even recognize him at times. They wanted to kill somebody. They didn't even know what he looked like. They would come after him always. Well, here's what I want, him, what you to know today. Some of you are facing some trial. Here's one. He, he's ready for this fight. But God knows right where you're at. God could heal you, couldn't he? God could take you through this because He's got a purpose for you, Tony. That purpose is to go into a place where people are dying of cancer that have no hope. Some of you as brothers and sisters in Christ, you want to be physically healed. And yet God says, I've got a purpose for you and I can heal you if I so desire. But what about those people that are sitting over there hurting going through the same thing? Who's going to witness to them? Who's going to identify with them? Who's going to lift them up if I don't put you right in the middle of it? You can't relate to them if you're not going through it. You can't help them. 
doctors are going to try to do it, and they've got some experience. But, you know, those individuals sitting there are needing somebody that can relate to what they're going through. When we lose a loved one, you can begin to identify with somebody else because you've been through that. Until I lost my mom and dad, I could offer words of sympathy, but I couldn't really relate. But I lost my mom to cancer. I lost my dad, and I lost this and that. And now when I relate to somebody losing a parent, I said, I know what you're feeling. I can tell you some of the things that's going to happen in your life because I've lived it. Man, I would have loved for them to live forever here on this earth. I miss them every day. But folks, they didn't want to live here forever on this, in this body. They wanted to move on. They needed to go through certain things. I, I didn't like it when my mama got cancer and to watch her go and wither away the way she did. But you know, God had a purpose for her. He had a purpose for me. He's got a purpose for Tony. He's got a purpose for you. And whatever you're going through today, He's got a purpose. He knows where you're at. And if you're born again, you're being anointed by Him, and He has a task in front of you for you to deal with it. So quit whining and crying about where you're at and how sad you are and say, God, here I am. You know where I'm at. You put me here. You allowed me to go through this. Therefore, glorify you through me in this situation. And if you'll do that, you're living up to the anointing that you are. You know, Jesus, when they began to lay that whip on him, he could have cried out and said, I'm done. All he would have had to do is whisper for some angels to come and wipe everybody out. When they began to nail him on the cross, he could have said, stop. But he didn't. He stayed the course. And he fulfilled everything that he was supposed to do. He was God's anointing, and that meant he would do whatever God called him to do. Whatever he called him to do. I got some other scripture. I'm going to go to 105 right now, Caleb. Just we're going to hit on it just for right quick. This is what the word says. He permitted no man to oppress them, and he reproved kings for their sakes. Do not touch my anointed one, and do not uh, do my prophets no harm. What he's talking about has God protected those who were anointed. And he's talking about the, the children of Israel right there and how he protected them and led them through uh, the wilderness and, and how the prophets would be there. Well, who are you? You're called of God. You're anointed by God. You're washed in the blood. So does this apply to you? So therefore, if something's coming on you, it can only do that because God's allowed it. All right, are you with me? So if God's allowed it, He's got a purpose for it, right? So if He's got a purpose in this, whether it's cancer or whatever you're going through, a situation, do you think maybe He's got a reason for you to be there? It's not His reason that He's mad at you. Not if you're His anointed. He's got a reason for you to be there. He's trying to use you to reach somebody else. So we need to quit living this defeated life and saying, woe is me, and say, glory to God that I'm here. That's why the saints, when they faced tribulation, many of them were cast in the middle of an arena for sport, and allowed animals were allowed to, to devour them right in front of everybody. They would be singing hymns and praises to God. There were times in the Roman Empire when they would take Christians and nail them around town on crosses and soak them in oil and then light them afire alive and burn them to light the streets up at night. Nero the king did that. 
because he despised Christians. You know why? You mean, you've heard about Roman, Rome burnt while Nero fiddled? He allowed Rome to burn down. And when the people began to turn on him, he blamed it on the Christians. They weren't guilty of anything. But he looked around and he found a scapegoat. He wanted to blame it on somebody. There was too many Jews around. He couldn't do it on them. So he found that group called People of the Way. We call them Christians. He said, we're going to blame it on them. We'll make a spectacle of them. And so he began to put them on the cross and light fires. You know what? The gospel spread more then than it ever did before. The church grows under persecution. The church always reaches people when it's being persecuted by the world. Because he says, unless they, they can't touch you unless I allow it. So God's allowing you to go through whatever it is you're going through. I know we've prayed over Tony and we wanted him to be healed. I, I wanted God to reach in there and touch it. It's still there. So God's got a purpose for you. Got a purpose for Rhonda. She says she walks those halls when she goes for a treatment and is lined up with people. Because Rhonda's got this laughing personality and if she's listening, go ahead and laugh, Rhonda. I'm talking about you. Uh, but she's got a personality, but she's going to tell people about her Jesus in the midst of what she's going through. Now that takes a pretty bold, courageous person. Pretty bold for what any of you have been through. If you begin to realize God knows where you're at, He's going to carry you through that situation. It gives people hope. Not the people of the church, but the people of the world that have no hope. They're scared to death because of that thing called death. They're afraid of death because they don't know what's on the other side. And if you ask them, do you know where you'll be when you die? They say, no. That's why I want to hold on to every day I can here on this earth. Yet those who walk with the Lord said, hey, to die is gain for me. To live is Christ. I'm here for Him as long as He wants me. But for me to go through that thing called death, that's a, a glorious thing for me. Why? Because I know where I'm going to be. And all the pain and agony will disappear the moment this body ceases to breathe and exist because we're there. All right, we're going to go one more. 1 Peter 9 through 10. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Whew. You didn't know all that was in here, did you? There's a lot more in there than that. Y'all know where 1 Peter is? Who is Peter? Tell me something about Peter. Peter was kind of laid back, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. Easy going, never said anything. Yeah, Peter was that guy. If a tornado come out there, he'd get out there with a stick and say, I'm going to beat you back. And Peter, he was something else. Now, sometimes his mouth overloaded his faith. But man, he was bold. He was also uneducated. But his first sermon, he saw 3,000 people get saved. We saw God do a lot. And he made some mistakes along the way. But look what he says in verse 9 of chapter 2. 
He's writing this to fellow believers. He said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now just dwell on that a little bit. Who are you? You're chosen. You're chosen. God chose you. Why did He choose you? Because you were good, good old boy, good lady, faithful and true. Choose you because you're good looking. Bunch of us have been left out on that. <laughs> Chose us because we had a lot of money and we could do the kingdom some good. Bunch of us have been left out on that too. Why did he choose us? Because he had a desire to know you. And he had a desire for you to know him. The one thing that he could know that you and I couldn't, he already knew what you would do to that invitation. Because when he looked down at you, he knew the day he was part of him, and he knew the time and place that you would do that. You didn't. You were still struggling with whether you should or not. God already knew the answer. He knew what you was going to do. He knew what you said last week, last year, and he already knew what you would do 10 years from that day. He knew the things that you would do in darkness that you thought nobody knew about. He knew the thoughts that were in your mind that you thought no one would ever know about. And yet he still invited you to be a part of the kingdom. Because he saw something in you that you couldn't see in yourself. He saw someone that would live for him. And that's why you were saved. You had nothing to do with it. It was just offered, and you reached out and took it right where you were at, right in the midst of all that you'd been doing. You took it and allowed Him into your life. A royal priesthood. We don't understand royalty very much over here because that's one of those things they talk about over in England, a few other countries. We got rid of the kings and queens a long time ago. But royalty is literally gave you special rights here on earth because you were born into a family. So you got special rights and just because of who you were. Well, when you're born into the kingdom of God, you get some special rights because of the family you belong to. Have you ever thought about that? I got some special privileges that nobody else has got because I'm born into the family was brought in. I'm part of the royal priesthood of God because of who I am in Christ Jesus. That's my anointing. That's what I get because He anointed me and separated me away from the rest of the world. He goes on, He says, a holy nation. In other words, all us are part of a, a, a nation of people called Christians. Folks, we need to quit fighting among ourselves begin to realize that if they're born again, people of the Church of Christ, or Baptist or Methodist or, or whatever denomination, we're born again. Amen. And we're part of that. 
We need to accept them. We need to, uh, they may not do certain things. I've never figured out why the church Christ is scared to death of a piano, but they are. But, but they said, we're going to make melody with our voices, and they do a good job of that. Now, us Baptists, we're scared to death to sing out because we want the piano to drown us out. Maybe the people with good voices are Church of Christ and those of us who, who just kind of mangle along, we have to have some music to cover us up. But whatever it is, I don't know. But the sad part is we begin to fight amongst each other instead of lifting one another up. We want to tear down this church over there because they're growing and doing something different and that's not the way it should be done. Folks, we're part of a nation of believers throughout the world. We need to lift each other up and stand with one another. We need to lift everybody up right here. That's what he's talking about. A people of God's possession. All right, right here, you take that S-E-L-F out of the picture. What did I just spell? Self. You have nothing to do with it. God owns you from your toes to the top of your head. He owns every bit of you. You belong to Him. Therefore, He has the right to do whatever He so desires with you, and you might as well accept it because you'll never beat Him in that battle. So whatever He chooses, and you say, Here I am, Lord, I'm yours. You do what you need to with me because if I live here to be 110, I'm okay with that. If I live to be 66, 67, I'm okay with that because I belong to you. And, and folks, you just don't know how many times I tell the Lord regular, whenever you're done with me here, I'm ready. Because I've read and studied and prayed and know too much about what's on the other side that I have nothing here is the most beautiful place here on this earth is still the ugliest place in heaven. It won't even meet the ugliest place. There's so much more over there than it is right here with me here today. So I, the only reason I'm here today is to proclaim His Word and get you on the right road to do what you're called to do. And let's be His anointed people and accept that. Okay. I, I, I'm getting hard to hear and I thought see I told you it's alright to get excited folks Amen. is it not ringing true that you're special Amen. do you realize how special you are I was going to give a little example and this morning was been chaos all over I was going to get some water and I was going to pull, pour some of his olive oil on it Pour that oil down in there and within a matter of a few minutes, you know where it's going to go? Straight to the top. Straight to the top. You take some Christians and pour them out into the world and they're going to sink down in there. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to rise to the top. Because that's where the good stuff comes. That's where the cream comes off of your, your milk. It rises up. That's where you make that stuff called whipping cream. Off that. That's the good stuff. Huh? No, half and half. I tried that. It's all I had. You know, it's half cream and half milk, but it just don't work. It'll whip a little bit, but that, we like that good stuff in the kitchen. And we whip it up, and, and uh, you're, you don't know how much we whip up because you just see what's put out there. But uh, 
the good stuff always comes up because the anointing in people's life will always lift them up and bring them to a place where they shine out. And so when you go through some of the things you're going through in life, you will shine out. And your spirit will shine out to people. And you'll make a difference. Why? Because you've been anointed by God to be who you are and be part of the kingdom. Folks, you need to rejoice in that. And be excited about that. Because you're under His protection. Last part of that. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's one of the benefactors of being anointed and chosen is God's mercy. You see, nobody can explain God's mercy. I can't explain it. I have no idea why God chose to show so much mercy to me. Because I'm no more deserving than anybody else. But when I look at my life and I think about the things I've done and how His mercy was there to carry me through those situations. How many times I could have died before I got saved. How many times I could have died or should have been taken out because of my rebellion. How many times I argued with God and yet He showed me mercy. How many times I failed Him and He still showed me mercy. See, that's, that's mercy beyond my physical ability. So all I can say is because I'm anointed by Him that He still shows me mercy today. And He has one thing for me to do and that's to testify of who He is to a lost and dying world. And that's why He's got you here. That's exactly why you're here. is to be a part of that. He's anointed you and set you apart to be a testimony of who He is to a world that's lost and dying. Because there's some oil drifting around down in that old muddy water somewhere that He's trying to bring to the top. It may not even know it is oil yet. But if they get saved, they'll begin to rise to the top. Because His Word will be proclaimed right up to the trumpet blows. It will be proclaimed by individuals. And if you won't do it, and Jesus made this statement, said if these people won't do it, God would raise up some rocks to do it. Sometimes I think the only way you're going to get some people's attention is with a rock. You hit them in the head and then hope it speaks to them. Now some of them are carrying rocks around in their head. That's how hard-headed they are. But God has to beat some people down before they ever look up. But when they look up, they need to know there's somebody there that love them and care for them. And that they're sinners just like they are, saved by grace, and we'll love them just the way God loves us. Because that's what it's all about. When churches begin to cross their old arms and begin to look down on people. They've forgotten who they are. They're rejoicing because they've been chosen. They just don't realize there's some more chosen folks out there that need to be lifted up. And that's why for so many years I wouldn't even build a podium up here because I wanted people to realize I, I came from right out there just like you did. But we finally got around to doing it two years ago and built it. But we didn't want to build it too high. 
because a preacher is no different than you are. My calling may be different, but I'm no different. I'm a sinner saved by grace through God's mercy. The only thing I had to do with it was I was smart enough to reach out and get a hold of it and then hold on to it and read His Word and hear. And that's why I can say there's power in the blood. Wonderful part. I can sing, I saw the light. I, mean, I had Brody back, I had Joshua back there in the chair. Mark gave us his chair. I had him up around. I'm trying to teach him these songs because he was wanting to bury his head down in the chair. Uh-uh. I want that boy to know these good old songs because they have meaning to them. I want him to know his old papa understands what it means to be washed in the blood. The soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus. Jesus. I don't know how hard this is going to be, Cutty, but I'm going to do something different. Plug up that power in the blood. Can you get to that power in the blood? And let's close out on that. Or I saw the light. Either one of them. And I liked all of them. I love to throw a curveball to the mic. All right, y'all stand up and let's sing this one. We'll be gone on this one.
We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259, just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past, but care about your future.